Hi, this is Chelsea, and you're listening to Foot of the Cross. Well, first of all, I just want to say that this has been a crazy week for me because I have had a fear that I actually caught COVID-19. I'm getting tested tomorrow, so I need all of you to keep me in your prayers. It's just... You know, because it's going around, it's always going to be in the back of your mind, like, what if I have it? But this virus has been something different for me every day. And you know what, though? I'm getting healed. It's just that the moment I start to believe I'm getting healed, Satan comes back and he tries to, you know, try to make me believe that I'm getting sicker. And that's a way that I kind of look at things when it comes to life at all, you know? Like when we think that we're finally getting on top of our mortgage or our debts, you know, Satan tries to throw something at us and we don't get that check that we thought we were going to get or we didn't make that sale that we thought we were going to make. And that's the balls that Satan's going to keep throwing at us. But we got to be prepared. We got to be we got to be kings. we got to step up. You know? we got to be servers of our God. We've got to be the soldiers. <laughs> I said it wrong the first time. Not kings, but soldiers of Christ. And we need to have the faith the Bible teaches us to walk in. Now, those of you who are claiming to have that faith and not reading your Bible, I suggest you get into the Word right now. Because it's not that you're a hypocrite. If you're if you're walking with your head held high and you're saying, I'm a Christian and you're not living in sin and you're praying and uh you're trying to do all the right things, God bless you, man, you know? But there's a book that still needs to be read because we gotta constantly have that relationship with God and those disciples yes maybe they put them down in words but those are God's words and the more we put you know the Holy Spirit into us the more blessings that we are going to be received and not only that but the more less fireballs that are going to be spit at us every single time We try to get up and say, you know what? This is my week. Satan can attack me. And then he can't. Because then God's protection, the umbrella protection is over you. I am, right now in my life, I am living one day to the next. And it's because I... And I believe this, I truly do. I believe that God has had something special waiting for me my whole life, and Satan knows that. And I'm not just saying that, you know, to build my confidence up. Um, There has been times where I have thrown myself down, and I've told my mom, I give up. I'm done. I can't go through any more what I've gone through, because I've gone through so much that... I just, um, you know, and I've even said, and this will sound horrible, because it is horrible. It's not 
it's not something that you can even make make sound bittersweet. It's just simply terrible. I've actually told her, please stop praying, and she'll say why. And I'm like, well, you can pray, but don't pray around me. And she'll say why, Chelsea, why? And I'll be like, because Satan will attack me even more right now because of your prayers. And she's like, wow, you need to go back to where your faith was, Chelsea. You need to go back and walk in that faith that you have taught so many to believe in. And um, those times where I did that, I just, uh, I needed to fight through it, you know. Sometimes we have to fight through our battles, even when we're at our worst, at our worst. And yes, sometimes when we are at our worst, we might not have the strength to fight for us. But like my mom did have the strength to fight for me, I'm standing there telling her, don't do that around me, don't do that around me. Satan's going to attack me, Satan's going to attack me. Okay, but you know what I should have said? Bring it on, because at the end, you're going to receive that blessing. You're going to get that miracle, because you cannot lay down for Satan. If you lay down for Satan, and you put down that cross, you're going to get burned. I'm 35 years old, and... Three of my last lovers that, I call them lovers because they never became husbands, but two of them died and one had a stroke and is living today. And, you know, that's not even one-fourth of what I've had to go through in my life. Um, they have been so close together that I wasn't even able to have time to grieve for them individually, and it's not because I'm out there, you know, throwing myself at people. It's because, you know, I truly felt like God brought those people into my life. And my mom's like, you know, I know that it hurts you, but just maybe, just maybe, they did need you before their life ended. And just maybe, they're in heaven because of you today. I really hope that's true. I really hope that I did bring something to the table before that time because I couldn't help but think what I lost, you know? And I'm not a very selfish person, but I mean, it was, from my young age, it was just too much grief for me to deal with. And not only that, I had two children that had to watch me go through it, and they themselves, you know, who just had this person in their life, no longer has that anymore, and so they've had to experience more death um, than most kids I know their age, and thank God it hasn't been their mom, thank God it hasn't been their dad or even their grandparents yet, but... And I, you know what? I'm at a time in my life where I truly believe God's probably going to be back before their grandparents die. So they might not even experience that. But they have been through more death than I know because of the people that came into my life. And um, 
these people, you know, they weren't, they weren't doing drugs. They weren't getting into fights. They didn't get shot, you know. It wasn't like that. They weren't gangbangers. <sighs> they weren't shooting up drugs. And I was like, why? Why does this keep happening? Instead of asking the the grievance questions, instead of asking the why me questions, I should have been asking why did God bring me into their life before they died? And just maybe God would have answered me, you know? Because if we keep asking the wrong questions over and over and we don't get an answer, there's a reason for that. And it's because it's a senseless question. Did you ever think of that before? It's like sometimes I'll be in a conversation and um, somebody will express to me that that conversation has gone on too long. And I'm just like, I'm just talking. I don't understand. Why are you getting frustrated with me? And then I realize that the conversation I'm having with them is just maybe way too deep for them to handle. And it's out of their, it's out of their realm. It's out of their bubble, you know, that they're used to being in. I was a teenager that longed for those normal conversations, that longed to be able to talk about, you know, um, did you see that hot guy the other day? Man, I wish I could be with that. Or I wish he would ask me to prom. I didn't get those kinds of experiences, you know. Um, for instance, y'all all know already that I was raped at 11. And by the time I was 13, I had sex with my um, sibling's oldest best friend, you know. And, I mean... And only best friend in the entire world. And I did that to forget the rape. But it didn't make it any better. For anybody else. And I, I hurt a lot of people. And he hurt a lot of people by doing it. And um. I didn't consider it rape. Because he was the only one that was there for me. And I actually felt like. You know if. I. Would get in trouble. If I told my parents about the rape, and I know that sounds backwards, but when we're young, our minds think differently, you know? Um, us as grown-ups, we're like, why didn't that young girl report it? Why didn't that young girl report it then? Well, because when you're a kid, you feel like it's your fault. And guess what? You know, a lot of girls that go to the police, if they're dressed a certain way, they will be looked down too. And the clothes that you have to turn in, I swear to God, you know, I remember thinking about what I was wearing that night. And I was like, if I did go to the police and turn these clothes in, they're going to look at me and say, well, she was asking for it. I was 11 years old and I still kind of had that in my spirit that they were going to say that. And nobody had ever told me that before. So you got to wonder, you know, not only are we born with sin in our hearts, but we're born knowing that what 
uh, being ashamed feels like. And we know what, if we know what feeling ashamed is like, then we know what someone looking down on us with shame is going to feel like, you know? And we don't want them to look at us like that. So we don't feel compelled or we don't feel like it's the right thing for us to go to them and talk and express those emotions because we feel like we're the ones that are going to get in trouble. So we hide those feelings and we keep them inside. And that's what caused me to have post-traumatic stress in the first place. When Christy died, you know, when I was 13 years old, just a few months later, um, after I had sex uh, with my sibling's best friend, I was babysitting, you know, my mom's best friend, uh, kids and everything, and the five-year-old got hit by a car, and she died in my arms at five years old. I was worried about getting in trouble. I felt ashamed. I felt like it was completely my fault, and I blamed myself for the rest of my life. Up until probably the last two years, I blamed myself. And it was the hardest thing. I mean, throwing yourself on the floor and just saying I'm sorry over two million times, you know. Two million times is a lot, but I can just remember, you know, the first step sometimes, even if something's not your fault, you got to get those sorries out so that you can apologize, not to them, not to the family, not to even your mom and dad. And not to the person that ended up dying because I know she's in heaven and I know she's okay and I know I'll see her again one day. But you gotta, you gotta say I'm sorry and you gotta get those sorries out and you gotta say it as many times as it takes until you feel better because baby, you've got to apologize to yourself or you will not get better. You've got to forgive yourself. So that's what I did, you know. I had, I, I listened to my parents when they said it was probably not the best thing for me to go to the funeral. And I really wanted to go. And I think they said that because they thought that I didn't. Part of me was scared because I felt like everybody was going to be looking at me. But I think that if I went, that um, there would be a certain part of me that felt a little bit like, like I had some type of closure, you know. I mean, it wasn't until I was about 16 years old, I went down to... Um, said Gloria and we were stopped at a gas station and she said god I haven't seen you in so long you know you, you look so much older you look like a young lady and I just bursted into tears and I just started saying I'm sorry over and over and I broke down in her arms 
And she said, Chelsea, I know that at the time I acted like I was mad at you, but I blamed myself more than anything. You weren't ready to babysit yet. You had been through already so much, and you weren't ready. She said you were you were barely ready to take care of yourself, and you needed somebody to be there for you, and I was asking too much of you at that time in your life, and because I watched them every day while she went to work, and I was in a totally different state from my mom and dad, and you know, she was a nurse, so she worked long hours. But that doesn't matter. It wasn't her fault either. Not It wasn't my fault. It wasn't her fault. And so none of that was the point. But to hear her say that, you know, and for both of us to say I'm sorry to each other, that was my first time that I started feeling like there was a chance but I still put my game face on for everybody throughout my life and said that I was okay. So what end up, ended up happening was more manipulation. And the more you learn how to manipulate and the more you learn how to act like everything's fine when it's not, the more you learn how to pull yourself that you're okay until one day that step that you're standing on that you thought was so strong is it's going to collapse and you are going to trip and you're going to fall and you're going to fall so hard that you're going to lose all of your grip all of that muscle that you worked out for and to have you're going to lose it all and that's what happened to me I could barely go around anyone without having a panic attack. And this is somebody that I, when I partied, I partied hard. Okay? I was always the last one in the club when it closed. I was always the last one on the dance floor out on the last song. I was always the first one to say, come on, let's get up and dance. I was always the first one to say, let's play pool. You know, I bet I can beat you and throw my money down. I was, I remember, you know, even being 13 years old and say, you know, bet me 50 bucks that I can't drink that cup of moonshine without throwing up. I mean, I just, any distraction from the pain that I was feeling was better than anything. And uh, I don't like talking about family too much on my podcast, but I will say one thing. I think that part of the reason why my brother didn't feel compelled to run to my parents for every little thing I did is because he felt like I owned it to myself or owed it to myself, I guess, to have some fun. You know, after what I went through, but I wasn't having the right kind of fun, and it was all pretend anyway. See, that's what he didn't know. It was all fake. It was a scam, and I was scamming myself, and that's the worst thing that you can do because it's just now taken me this long to finally realize just who the hell I am. I fell in love too fast. I wore my heart on my sleeve. 
when I started truly show my true colors, I became very vulnerable. And that's when I started getting hurt the most. And um, I remember the first time I allowed myself to get hurt because I was trying to no longer manipulate. I was trying to no longer act because during the time that I wasn't me and I was able to put a game face on, I was able to say, all right, F him, you know, bye, see ya, next. And literally, I felt nothing. I felt nothing. And I told myself, I can have any guy you I want, you know? Um, and I know that sounds really shitty. I know that sounds really uh, preposterous, actually. But I had to do that uh, as a young kid. I had to do that in order to get through what I was getting through. Because I had nobody. Even though I had my family all around me, even though I had a lot of friends, there was absolutely no one I could talk to. Everything that I went through was just too deep for the teenagers, the other teenagers to, uh, and the funny thing is, I I was hanging out with older people than me, so when I would start to try to talk to them about what I felt or what I was going through, they would say, man, that's too deep for me. <laughs> Let's just drink a shot of tequila and you'll feel a lot better, dude. <laughs> or, hey, hit this joint, you'll feel a lot better. <sighs> so there was times where I did try to uh, take that game face off and open up and... uh it's crazy, but believe it or not, the only real time I was able to experience love or love from other people was when I was on ecstasy or LSD, and I I could feel that love just all around me and from complete strangers and I'm not talking about having orgies or anything gross and I'm sorry I'm even having to say that word but I don't want y'all to think that's what I'm talking about I'm talking about that feeling like it doesn't matter if you're black red yellow brown whatever yellow (laughs) I already said that um we would all be in sync with each other. So I went through a huge hippie phase there for a while. And I'm like, maybe this will get me through it. Maybe this will help. And I would tell my mom, I think I'm at the closest I'll ever get to God. And it's great. It's wonderful. And if this is the closest I ever get to God, that's fine with me. That's just... The saddest thing I've ever heard of, though, because I was not closer to God. I was taking something that made my endorphins go sky high. And what I didn't know was that one day I was going to run out of those endorphins and... (laughs) All of a sudden, I was going to feel really bad. 
and when you begin to feel absolutely nothing, that's when you begin to not care. And when you don't care about anything, I mean, at least when I was manipulating, at least when I was out there dancing and partying and showing people affection and acting like I was having a good time, I pulled myself into thinking I was having a good time. So at least part of me thought I was having a good time. And at least part of me thought I had everything I wanted. But remove all of that, and you feel nothing. And now you're at a way lower level. And now, you're at the very bottom. You know that saying that sometimes you got to hit bottom to pick yourself up? Or whatever. I mean, there's so many types of sayings like that, but there can be a bottom to a bottom. And had I died during that bottom, I would have gone to hell. So, no, you know, I don't like those things at all because you are, that's a dangerous game, man. And I wasn't even trying to play games. And that's when crap got real. That's when I tried to commit suicide. Leaving two kids behind. How can you do that? How can you even think about doing that? I just remember feeling like it was owed to them. I was doing something good. <laughs> I convinced myself that they would be better without me. <laughs> that my husband would be better without me. That my parents would be better off without me. And that I was just this nuisance, you know. <sighs> I'm going through a lot of physical pain today, but you know what? I'm going to win because Satan cannot stop me. He cannot stop my love for God. He cannot take away my passion for music. He can't take away my passion for my children. And I will never feel nothing again. I never have to be scared of that again. And I will never be dragged to the dark side ever again. And I will always have God. And it took a lot for me to get to that bottom. So trust me when I tell you, you don't have to hit the bottom before you come up. You can find God now. Find your purpose now and begin your life now. Okay? You don't have to go where I went. You don't have to go through that struggle. <laughs> you know, when I cry right now, it's not that bad. Because I'm feeling something. When you feel nothing, you don't care. You don't care about anyone or anything. 
That's when I started sleeping a lot. That's when I started just allowing my mom to take care of my kids for a while. And I needed her to take care of my kids. And and that's okay because asking for help sometimes is definitely a good thing. But I I didn't even ask for it, but she knew that I needed it. And that's okay. But later I resented myself for it and I took it out on her and that was not okay. (laughs) So I had to ask forgiveness for that. But we live and we learn and we grow. But just please live and learn and grow with God. Don't do it away from him. Because you will end up nowhere, my friend. And there is a place way worse than being nowhere, and it's called hell. And when you get there, there's no turning back. And there's no more chances to go to him to get that everlasting life, that everlasting love, and live for all eternity. Heavenly Father, I pray for the lost today. Yes, we have COVID-19 going on. Yes, we have different wars going on. Yes, we've got crazy things going on because Biden won the stupid seat of being president. My God, my God, my God. A lot of things are scary right now. But above all that, Father God, I pray for your people. And I thank you, God. Thank you. And I pray for the lost. I thank you that they find you. That somebody who needs to hear this message. That I'm making at 10 o'clock at night. My 50th episode. I thank you God that you helped me to find the words to say for my 50th episode. Because it's not a celebration when you pray for the lost. It's a battle. It's an I'm in the game. I'm in the biggest war. Of my life right now. And it's fighting for all of you. And I just thank you God. That the people that need to hear this message do. And that they truly get something out of it. Just as much as I did. When I heard the messages I needed to hear. And I thank you God. That they find your love. And that they find peace. And that they too can experience going from nothing to having everything, no matter how much or how little money they have, no matter how much or how little of a spouse or a boyfriend they have in their life, or whether they're going through wanting a baby real bad and can't have kids, Father God. They're not ever going to get through any of those things without you. And they need you, Father God. And I thank you, God, that the right ones hear this message tonight or tomorrow, the next day, or the next day after that. In the name of Jesus, and that they find you, Father God, because of it. We love you, Father God. And I thank you that my COVID-19 test will come negative and that the doctors are able to figure what I have and are able to help me because being sick longer than five days is not funny for me and I had a 105.6 temperature 
the very, no, it was the second night, and since then I've been battling 101.7, 103.4, but it hasn't been that bad since because I am fighting it. Instead of accepting it and running to doctors for pills and medicine, because yes, as much as that can help, as much as the gifts you've given us on earth, because this is not a perfect world, because Satan owns the world until the day that you come home, Father God, and you have given the scientists and doctors the tools that they need to help us, but right now, I'm using my faith to get well, and I just thank you in the name of Jesus, I am healed, Father God, and that I do not have COVID, and I thank you, God, that my brother, when he gets on the road tomorrow, in the name of Jesus Christ, that you protect him this whole week while he's trucking, and you keep my kids protected, my parents I pray for both of them to be well and not sick and that we all wake up feeling wonderful tomorrow morning, Father God, spiritually, mentally, and health. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. All right, you guys. This was episode 50 of Foot of the Cross, and I am just feeling the Holy Spirit right now. I'm feeling God's love doesn't matter if I'm sick. Father God, well, actually it does. Father God, I thank you that I am healed. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I thank you we are healed. But amen, 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 my brothers and sisters in Christ. Do you feel it? Do you feel it? If you don't open your Bible right now, even if it's Psalms, open it and just start reading, okay? God bless. This is Chelsea Hallow from Foot of the Cross. Till next time. Good night. Good morning. God bless.